Cinebuds receives support from Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey everybody, this is Christopher Pollard at Milwaukee Film. I'm Dory Zori from Radio Milwaukee. And this is Cinebuds. On this week's Cinebuds, we're talking about Valentine's season. Yeah, it's love season. Mm. I save up all my love for February. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah, that's the rest it. of the year. Cold. I'm cold inside. <laughs> well, speaking of cold inside, in the podcast, we're going to talk about some of our favorite heartwarming movies about love. Yeah. But also, the Oriental Theater is doing something for all you. Um... Yeah. If you if if you don't really want to <laughs> celebrate the warmth of love, you can also celebrate. The, the Disasters of Love with Milwaukee Films' Love Hurts series. Ooh. so I know, isn't that a great title? I love it. So in the podcast, we'll also talk about some of our anti-Valentine's movies or maybe the Love Hurts, the rougher love stories. Yeah. I think my list for those kind of movies is longer than my list for love I gotta movies. I got to say, they're more interesting movies. <laughs> They still celebrate love in their own way. Mm-hmm. And I do. I have a couple of like genuinely romantic movies that I liked, but it's fun to talk about the the icier ones. I see. I do love that. And I got to tell you, Kay Polly, there is one actor that appeared in three of my picks oh, in really? both categories. Um, Liam Neeson. <laughs> I don't know why. I just guess. No, that's a good one. I'm, should I reveal it or should I make people listen to the full podcast? Oh, no. This will be a little tease. You can tease, tell this one. Okay. It's Christian Slater. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Did you find any themes within your movies that we'll you talk know, about? I, a lot of really indie, like indie films, which isn't surprising, but mm-hmm. part of me thought, oh, when I, I'm going to find a lot of romantic comedies or something that I, but I was like, no, there's some edgy movies out there that still like, oh, this is what I think of. It's not like I have that experience. I have a very wholesome love in my life, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I like the more challenging ones on film. They are more interesting, aren't yeah. they? But yeah. And then definitely check out uh, the Oriental Theater Love Hurts series, mkefilm.org slash Love Hurts. And there's some great films everywhere from Belle du Jour to Sid and Nancy to uh, even The Bride of Chucky. Oh my gosh, I love it. Because if those two kids can't make it, who can? Who can? I know. Relationship goals. (laughs) All right, so stick around more. Absolutely. Coming up. We're going to talk about love. Hey, Wisconsin foodies. This is Tariq Moody of Radio Milwaukee. Join Milwaukee Magazine's food writer, Ann Christensen, and myself every Friday morning at 8 a.m. for This Bites, Milwaukee's longest-running culinary podcast. We talk about everything from new restaurants, pop-ups, cookbooks, events, and even an occasional interview with a local chef. Head over to RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Bites or listen anywhere you get your podcasts. All right. Okay, so why don't you start, um, should we start with the actual romantic movies? Sure. The delightful Valentine's Day picks that we could suggest for our listeners? Yeah. They always, I remember hearing this a long time ago, I don't know if it's still accurate, but they said the more successful like a first date movie, a lot of people think they should go to a a romantic movie, Mm -hmm. but it's actually the more successful first dates are 
comedies. Really? Yeah, if you're laughing with somebody, you're more open. It's not, Ooh. there's no pressure of romance mm-hmm. right away. It releases serotonin in your brain. Yeah. Feeling better about life. Which made perfect sense to me. And I still always remember that. Not that I need, need to go on a first date anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> to it, make that clear. For those folks life. out there who need it. Um, I, but so love, I saw love actually. For the first time, just last year. Whoa! I'm really late to the game on that one. Also, a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's ever. Then that's I saw it at Christmas, mm-hmm. but I was like, "This is a delightful. It's funny, it's very creative, and you have all these different love stories all packed into like a little episodic movie." I thought that one was great. That one's like immediately became like, "Oh, this is a classic for me. This is a, a must see every year, and not just for uh, not just for Christmas." <laughs> I do love that. Yeah. Now I'm thinking of some of my first date movies with uh, my first boyfriend in high school. We went and saw Die Hard. <laughs> and then um, my second serious relationship, the first movie we saw together was The Crow. Oh, that's a good one. Now, both those relationships didn't work. But um, <laughs> So one of my favorite romantic films, and I tease this in the opener, Christian Slater stars oh, yeah. in, along with Marissa Tomei. <laughs> Untamed Heart from 1993. I kind of knew you were going to say that. Did you? Do you remember that one? He's got a monkey heart. He does. Well, that's the story, yes. Oh, I see. He is like the quiet busboy in the diner she works in, and she he kind of gets her attention by doing kind things for her, and then they have this romance that um, isn't fated to last forever, but I'm not going to say why. Okay, did I spoil stuff by saying he's got a monkey heart? No. He d- he gets a a heart, heart transplant. transplant. Yeah. That I've never seen the movie. Okay. But all I laugh when I hear the name of it cuz I just think it's a funny concept for a romance. So, all right, so you've never seen the movie, but you kind of know the concept. What would your like tagline for the trailer be? Oh boy. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. Oh, uh, they're all going to I don't know, there's just be a bunch of terrible uh, monkey puns. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna need to give me 15 minutes. Love monkeys around. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the um, the soundtrack for it is pretty good too, which I remember really liking back in the day. I mean, I still pay attention to soundtracks in movies. Of course, yeah. Um, I also was trying to find cool quotes like Tom's Diner from Suzanne Vega. Remember that oh, song? Oh yeah. That's in the movie. We've got James Brown, The Alarm. Um, so I mean, is watch really good- it. Cowboy Junkies, watch it for the soundtrack alone. I'll tell you what, Christian Slater has been in a lot of movies with great soundtracks. No doubt. Pump up the volume is the first thing I think of. Yeah, that's a, that almost made it to my list too because that's a good love story. It is, movie. and it's uh, it's one of the best soundtracks <laughs> for me personally. One of my favorite soundtracks of all time, for sure. Yeah. Okay, what's another movie on your first date love? There's movie? a really beautiful movie that came to the festival. Um, about five years, almost five years ago. And it is called End of the Century. So End of the Century is, um, it's Argentinian. And it's it's about two men who meet in Barcelona and they spend the day together and it's really getting to know each other. It's very lovely. And then they realize that they met 20 years prior. Ooh. It's really interesting. And the way the story is told, it's sort of this... Um, uh, spiral storytelling where they go back and forth in time mm. and you can see th- like when they meet, you see them meet later, you see, you know, and then they go back and forth. It, the way it's told is sort of the star 
of the movie to me, the narration style. But these two people like getting to know each other twice and then connecting is so, it's just filmed in such a lovely way. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm going to put that on my list. That's a new to me movie. Yeah, this when this came out, and again, this was a festival film. When this came out, it was like on my top 10 of the year. It was such a beautiful movie. Yeah, that one's a highlight for me. Nice. Another highlight for me is a 1994 film written by Charlie Kaufman and Michelle Gondry oh, I know and directed exactly. by Michelle Gondry. Yep. You know what it is, right? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless, spotless Mind. mind. That's yeah. a perfect choice. Thank you. Yeah. And I haven't watched it for over a decade, but it still was the second movie that popped in my head, which means I will be watching it. Um, Jim Carrey is the star, along with Kate Winslet. And it's such a beautifully told story. You know it looks great because Michel Gondry does this wonderful thing with all his films that you could watch it with the volume off and still quite enjoy it. If you've never seen a Michel Gondry movie, just go. Look him up, pick mm-hmm. any of them, and just enjoy. I mean, if you snack. want something whimsical and fun and also beautiful and visually stunning, every one of his movies nails it. Yeah, agreed. And this song isn't, or the movie isn't all like sunshine and lollipops. Yeah, it gets dark and it, sad. But it's very, very beautiful in yeah. a positive way, in yeah. my opinion. So I'm going to go back and watch that this season. That is a per. That's a, I think, a nearly perfect movie. Cool. And yeah. It's so interesting already our choices. Even the ones that are like the ones that are actually about love and romance. Yeah. Um they're so different than what you would I feel like you would expect from this like when I looked up lists of like romantic most romantic films. They're films that like Titanic, which sure. Sure. They're things like that where it's like really straightforward mm-hmm. uh, tr- you know melodrama melodrama yeah. with you know in my opinion not a great deal of artistry, which is fine. You know, a good rom-com is great, but I love that there are so many choices for uh, these kinds of movies that you could watch. Well, and if listeners haven't gotten it yet, you and I are edgy. Yeah, we're we're really... (laughs) We're living on the um, fringe. If we're on an envelope, guess what? We're pushing it. (laughs) If I see an envelope, I push it. I love it. All right, what else is on your lovely movie list? Well, I'll be honest. I met the end of my lovely mu- <laughs> Me too. Okay, good. Well, let's, before we go into our anti-romance yeah. movies, let's talk a little bit about what's happening at the Oriental Theater this week. Oh, yeah. Well, it's this whole month, actually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have uh, Love Hurts is a series that our really fun programmers came up with because they do find that, like, during the holidays, not everybody wants to go out and have just, like, a perfect little sweet date. Sometimes mm-hmm. they want to go out and have fun or people who aren't in relationships, they're not feeling good about relationships. Like, no, let's go watch a movie that's going to be like, yeah, relationships are hard and stupid. Yeah. Empowering. <laughs> Empowering, yeah. Take it, take it back. So Love Hurts uh, is a series of really, like you said, edgy films. They're about love, but they're usually about the darker side. Um, uh, we've already had one. We did uh, Belle du Jour with Catherine Deneuve, mm-hmm. um, but we've got a bunch coming up uh, that haven't played yet. Uh, the Piano Teacher, which I can't believe we're showing. It's such a dark movie. I never saw that either. <laughs> it's a very upsetting movie, but it's also <laughs> very upsetting. It's a very upsetting Go movie. Watch it on Valentine's but Day. But it is like a very highly lauded film. Uh, there's like a German uh, cult classic called Der Fan. Uh, roughly translated as 
the fan. <laughs> well, I was wondering. Uh, the secret- secretary with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh my gosh. We're showing Saltburn again, Sid and Nancy, Cemetery Man, and <laughs> Bride of Chucky. Oh my gosh. Secretary love. I know. Love, love. So yeah, it's a really fun series with a bunch of edgy stuff. MKEfilm.org slash love hurts if you want to see the full lineup. Or you can just go to the Oriental Theater website and pick a movie. I love it. Well, that brings me to my first pick for the anti-romance movies. Yeah. Um, back to Christian Slater with the 1988 classic. Uh, greetings and salutations. Does that mean anything to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're talking about Heathers. We are talking about Heathers. <laughs> yeah. Christian Slater, Winona Ryder, um, Shannon Doherty played yeah. a role in there. Yeah. Directed by Michael Lehman, written by Daniel Waters. It's about Westberg High, where the jocks dominate everything and all the popular girls are called Heather. That's right. Until along comes Veronica and the new guy, G.B. Yeah. It's like a. Ed- edgier and earlier Mean Girls. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was there a, de- a lot of death in Mean Girls? Because there's a lot of there's, death. I think none. Okay. I think there's none. So that's You know what's interesting idea. is uh, Bottoms, of the film that just came out this year, is sort of like a, a mesh of Heathers and Mean Girls. Because there is some death, I believe, in yes. Bottoms. But it's sort of like an it's definitely like the love child of those two movies. I forgot we watched that. That was oh my gosh. delightful. Heathers, though, is just... I mean, especially from people who enjoy the 80s as much as we did. Mm -hmm. That is a classic. You don't leave the 80s without having watched that 17 times. I know. And the poster says best friends, social trends, and occasional murder. (laughs) Yeah. It is good. No, that one's great. Cool. Thanks, bud. What's on your list? So there's one of my favorite movies that um, I talk about a lot, I realize, is a movie from 1999. Uh, by Allison McLean called Jesus's Son. So it's based on uh, a bunch of short stories by, oh, oh I want to say Dennis Cooper, and I don't think that's right. It's uh, by Dennis Johnson. Dennis Johnson. Anyway, a bunch of short stories. It stars um, Billy Crudup and Samantha Morton. Ooh. And it has like a, I think it's like late 70s look to it. And his, I can't, no, so I have to say a cuss word. Can you we, can. are we going to blank it? Can we can right, beep just it? Just to let you guys know if you're listening with your kids, earmuffs. <laughs> yeah. The main character's name is Fuckhead. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all he's ever referred to. He's this kind of down on his, uh, kind of losery, simple, kind of like, whatever, kind of going through life. And he meets Samantha Morton and he's really, really delighted by her. And she's a free spirit. So you see in all, you can really tell it's based on short stories because he has all these little episodic interactions with different people, and different characters, which makes it really a fun movie. Um, but you see their relationships sort of start and progress throughout in little bits and pieces. And it doesn't go great. I mean, it starts cute. Uh, it's a little, little toxic. It ends a little tragically. Um, but... So it's not a hilarious movie, even though there's some very funny stuff in it. But there's amazing, uh, a huge cast of like indie folks from the time. And like uh, Jack Black has a really good part in it. Dennis Leary is in it. Um, who else do we have oh, in man, there? I love Dennis Leary. I know. We're, there was a time where he was all over the place. Dennis Hopper is in it. Mo- Holly Hunter. Uh, Michael Shannon. So there's a ton of people in it. And it's just these little episodes that are just why just these crazy stories. It's like someone telling you, like, oh, this one time me and my buddies did this. Then you see that act out. I met this girl and this happened. And then you see it. 
So it's very good. It's got a really good sensibility. But yeah, it's a little dark. I love it. Yeah. Dennis Hopper, strangely enough, makes it into my next pick. Oh. Um, directed by Tony Scott, written by Tarantino. I'm talking about oh. the 1993 classic. It has romance in the title. Yeah, true romance. True romance. That is on my list too, by the way. Nice. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette. Um, it starts out Clarence, Christian Slater's character, goes to see a movie by himself on his birthday and runs into and meets um, Amanda Whitman. They start their love story. But the one thing that I think was that carries on to me today from that movie is I like talking about seeing a good movie and then going to eat a piece of pie. And that's oh, where yeah. it happened. There was a scene in the beginning of the movie where they go get pie after that's this right. movie. And they their relationship develops. Now, I talk a lot of junk about Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stick by most of it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, like, my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie is not his. It's like he wrote it. It's mm-hmm. this one. I think this is where you see him with his... His reference, you know, the pop culture references and the the banter and the dialogue and the like, the, even even some of the violence. Mm-hmm. It's where he, I feel like, was most pure because he just wrote. That's the one that he sold for like fifty grand, and then that's how he got to start. Yeah. So this is where I think he was honestly at his best before he got, in my opinion, really diluted with ego and like. Access. Yeah. And as a director, yeah. you can really feel that in movies. Yeah. And I like that this was directed by, it's interesting to see one of his films directed by somebody else, but it still has that stamp on it. And it's my favorite is Val Kilmer plays Elvis, and you never see his face. He's just sort of this idea of Elvis that he has in his head. That is a great movie and genuinely romantic. I think so. Their relationship is like so dedicated and sweet. Even though violence is happening around them? So um, I think three of the four movies I mentioned so far had Christian Slater in. <laughs> I think that's it for my Christian Slater list. That's a, I didn't realize how, how lovey-dovey he was. I do love Christian Slater. And now I, through marriage, I am related to um, Mark Blucas, an actor who is married to Christian Slater's ex. Oh. And so I've actually met both of them, and that's probably the closest to meeting Christian Slater I'll ever get, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's pretty good, You because know, you, you never know. You never know. No. All right, next on my list is a twofer. I have a twofer, because I like to cheat. Yeah. Cause I have two, a twofer, too. Do you? Well, are we the same person? I think we're the same person. Twins! Twinsies! Uh, <laughs> um, they're both by Barry Jenkins, who's an amazing director, and it's Moonlight and if Beale Street could talk. Ooh, yes. Those two movies are such a good pair because they're they are both very romantic, but they also have a lot of obstacles in the way of those rom- of that romance. But yeah, Moonlight, obviously everybody knows that's the Oscar winner that almost that got messed up. They mm-hmm. said it was like La La Land. But Moonlight, that story of a young man like struggling to find himself and he's got some dark characters around him, but he has this love that they can barely acknowledge and it's beautifully shot and incredible actors in it all like so many of the actors go on to went on from this movie to do some great stuff 
So I loved that movie so much. It's one of my favorite movies, I think, of all time. And then If Beale Street Could Talk was what he came out with afterwards. And I was so excited because it's based on a James Baldwin novel, who I absolutely adore uh, his books. And it is another story of, you know, a man and a woman who and the man, the fiance is falsely imprisoned. And it's like waiting for him to come out. And are they going to still be be together when Mm. he comes out? And what's that going to be like? trying to have this really pure love while all society is just falling in on them. And again, amazing performances and just like, I love you so hard. We're going to get through this kind of a vibe. It's really good. There's, so there's a lot of dark and heavy stuff, but the the love shines through, Dory. I do love that. And I am only being quiet because I haven't seen most of these movies. I'm just taking notes because yeah. you're introducing me to a whole bunch. So oh, yeah, these are d- delightful. My twofer is about a womanizer who learns the hard way about the danger in his actions. It oh. was originally, um, the original came out in 1966, starring Michael Caine and Shelley Winters, and then a remake in 2004 with Jude Law. Sienna Miller and Susan oh. Sarandon. I'm talking about Elfie. Yeah, oh, yeah, Elfie. I mean, the character of Elfie is cheeky. He's kind of handsome. He's a player. It's kind of frustrating watching him just churn through women. But um, in the end, he kind of gets his heart broken, and yeah. I'm cool with that. <laughs> the other thing that I like about both of these movies, or at least especially the second one, um, one of the women he's Elfie Jude Law, yum, is with in the beginning <laughs> is Jane Krakowski's character, and her name is Dory. And he actually oh, says yeah. Dory a couple times, and um, apparently <laughs> you recorded it. Easy to you please. recorded it on your phone yeah. and just it's play my it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I get both that. Elfie. Both Elfies, check it out, the 1966 and 2004 version. Oh, yeah. I do love, I love a Michael Caine in the 60s. Oh, such a dapper dude. Yeah, and his his accent is, it's both the most British accent and the most ridiculous, but mm-hmm. I, it's like so distinctive. I love it. I have one more. I have one more. And this one, I don't think qualifies. I think this goes back, I realize, to genuinely a romantic film. Ooh. And it's, um, it was a series of three films. And the first is my favorite, um, but they went from like the 90s into the 2000s with this series and these two people. Um, very Christian Slatery lead man Ooh. with Ethan Hawke. Oh, nice. So I'm talking about Before Sunrise. Yes, the trilogy. I have yeah. yet to see the final. The it's final so one is the most upsetting. <laughs> the <laughs> final one is realistic. And that's why it's amazing, but it does, and it does have romance. It's just harder. It's really harder. The first one is the best because it's such a perfect account of two people meeting, instantly connecting, but they still have their hesitations and anxieties at the exact same time that they're just like, I'm going to get to know you and spend as much time with you. And then clearly there's something going on here. Yeah. But we have this pending thing where we're deaf. We live in different countries Mm -hmm. across an ocean. So it's, it's really beautiful. And the romantic idea of like, we're going to meet back here in one year. Honestly, like every time I went to Europe as a single person, I had that movie in the back of my mind thinking, how fun would that be to have a real life? Yeah. Like that? <laughs> yeah. Walking around a European city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, but it's genuinely touching and very romantic. That's pretty great. Yeah. 
Um, my next one came out in 2013. Um, her. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, that is falling my... in love with his AI assistant. Oh, yeah. That would qualify, right? A hundred percent. I mean, it helps kind of that the AI is Scarlett Johansson's gorgeous <laughs> voice of hers. But it's a really messed up love story that really, like, I think about all the time, especially now as AI is becoming such oh, yeah. a bigger part of our life. And this movie came out a decade ago yeah, and was already kind of predicting this relationship that could right. develop between a human and artificial intelligence. Yeah. That is my wife's. She claims that's her favorite film. Ooh. She loves that movie. Nice. Yeah. It is so good. And what we were saying about Michelle Gondry earlier, mm-hmm. I could say the exact same thing about Spike Jones. Spike Jones, written and directed, right? I yeah. Think. I mean, go out, see any of his movies. You're going to have something very iconic and different. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got one last one, and it's just real quick because it kind of matches yours where it's a little bit of a quirkier version of a love story. Um, and it was uh, another one that I found at the festival uh, about, I say, four years ago. And it's, um, I think it is from France. Is it France? It is from Belgium and France. So I was correct. You were correct. Um, it's called Jumbo. <laughs> and this Jumbo is, is about a woman who falls in love with a carnival ride. <laughs> <laughs> Full stop. I literally that sentence was I thought I have to see this movie. That's what got you. Yeah, she falls in love. She works at a carnival. She fell falls in love with one of the rides. Oh my gosh! And then you know, her friends and family have to ex- deal with. Dude, <laughs> I cannot wait to watch this. And maybe is it would it fall into my crappy movie night movie pick? No, it's not. Cra- it's genuinely well done. It's just got such a strange starts with such a strange conceit, but. It's really good. It's actually stars the same woman who was in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is another one that I wrote down, but mm-hmm. I thought we don't have time. Uh, <laughs> Naomi Merlant, um, but she was in Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Beautiful. That's an extremely romantic, tragic, and sweet and sad movie. Um, but yeah, and then there's one where she falls in love with. A carnival ride. I cannot wait to watch that one. I know. It's genius. And then real quick, I'm going to drop one last one. Please. It could double as a Halloween movie, Something Wicked This Way Comes. I've never seen Girl that. Power. No, that's just- Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> um, the Witches of Eastwick. <gasps> yeah. I rewatched that not long ago. It popped up on streaming somewhere and I was like, oh yeah, that just, is funny. I mean, all the quotes, it's very like machismo, the dialogue oh, yeah. and the lyrics and really these like- it stars Cher and Susan Sarandon and Michelle Pfeiffer oh. and then Jack Nicholson. And it's really frustrating for most of the movie until the women decide to really talk to each other and make a plan. And then it's just, to me, it's just and then it's Jack Nicholson's demise. Yeah. So I love that. I think the overall arcing thing about the movie is sometimes romantic entangles and messes up friendships yeah. and when women stick together there's yeah. nothing you can't accomplish that's right the love of their friendship <laughs> and if I may say what a lineup <laughs> I mean, no doubt Cher Susan Sarandon and my absolute favorite Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. at her peak of Michelle Pfeifferness. I was gonna say all three of them that are at their yeah you're right ma- maximum girl power peak oh 
Absolutely. Yeah, it was great to rewatch that. That's a good choice. We've got, I mean, listen, I don't want to brag. <laughs> yeah. We have some good choices this we year. We certainly do. Well, I mean, that's a lot of movies to watch or have watched, but mm-hmm. what else is greedy of me, but I want to know what else you've been watching. Let's see. I started watching, oh God, there's some stuff I don't want to talk about. <laughs> Oh my god, that's all I want to hear about now. But don't, yeah, do what you got to do. <laughs> uh, maybe you go first. <laughs> I'm so intrigued, though. <clears throat> okay, well, I will say that my wife, for the longest time, has been wanting me to watch Cold Mountain. Oh, whoa! She Jula. she watched it. Yeah, no, that's what it reminded me. Jack yeah, White. Young Jude Law. She drops a hint once in a while, and she's she always tries to appeal to me. She goes, "I read the book too, you know," because she knows. Talk about books. I'm mm-hmm. gonna get. I'm gonna be more interested. It's like the carrot. Yeah, yeah. So we should watch the movie together. So she finally put it on. We watched it. I, I hated it. <laughs> and I felt bad. I go, Are you gonna be upset if I don't like this? And she goes, Well, you don't not like it. And I go, Okay. No, I kind of didn't like it. I when it was said and done, I was interested to find out what happened. Like I was at least pulled into the story a bit. But it's a, it's takes place Civil War times, and most of the care most of the characters I'm supposed to care about are from the South. So right away I'm I'm like, why well, I, <laughs> I don't care about most of what happens most of them. Granted, uh, there's a point at which you see like, oh, I don't want to be a part of that war, and they're going to move on. So I guess that's helpful that they're not like all super into the South. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, Nicole Kidman, Jude Law. There's a bunch of people in it. Um, uh, Renee Zellweger. Mm-hmm. Do you recognize Jack White? Yeah. I knew he was supposed to be in it, and then he comes in towards the end, mm-hmm. young Jack White, and that's where him and Renee Zellweger met, I assume, because oh. they dated for a long time. Hot so, goss. <clears throat> I know, some hot goss from <laughs> two, decades. <laughs> two decades ago. Two decades ago. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler, if you haven't uh, heard about it. Um, I don't know. It just seemed very much like... Uh, melodrama like real oscar bait and a lot of the performances were super over the top for me mm-hmm. also we were counting i'd say 90 percent of the cast about a movie about the civil war in america were british or irish yeah. <laughs> including the director <laughs> which i thought was really funny and some of those accents did not work yeah not some so some good. Heavy Cockney accent came through on occasion. I think that would bug me nowadays because if we talked about this before in the podcast, like accents of some when they're not yeah. good, they're just not good. Or even to if me, they're, they're like so distracting. To yeah, me. even if they're okay, but you can still kind of hear it in there. It's even more distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, the highlights for me were um, Brendan Gleeson, who's one of my favorite actors. He pops up in this movie, and he actually has a decent Southern accent, and he's got a thick Irish accent. So kudos to him, and he played a very cute character. Um, but yeah, it's just too melodramatic. It's just not my cup of tea. It's mm-hmm. so, like, by all accounts, a very good movie. Just not for me. All right, I'm going to admit, I watched a reality TV show called Psychic Kids. Did we talk about this yet? <laughs> no, but I love the title. So my mom and I <clears throat> love talking about stuff that we watch. So I've been trying to find out what she's into and then watch it so we've got some That's stuff to very talk about instead good of daughter the news, of you, which yeah. is depressing. Right. Um, and Psychic Kids, I watched season two. It's a follow-up to um, an earlier Psychic Kids, which a reality show about kids that had 
gifts, powers, um, empaths, and really like what these teenagers were going through. Because whether or not you believe it's true, I guess if you believe it's true, you would imagine that it's hard enough to be a teenager or a young kid and then start developing the ability to talk to people that aren't there anymore and see things. Um, But Psychic Kids 2 has the first season of kids grown up now being mentors to this new group of children. And if anything, it's just nice to see um, older people in their young, like early 20s wanting to give back and help these other kids who are struggling and going through the same things that they felt when they were younger. Whether or not, I mean, I... I don't not believe that it's true. Like, sure. who am I to say? Right. But um, the stories are really beautifully told, and it's not exploiting the kids at all. And I think that the love that these young adults have with these gifts or curses, however you want to call it, that they've been given to like show up for other kids and be their mentors is yeah. important. And that really can translate into any kind of situation, but this just happens to be psychic kids yeah <laughs> but it's interesting even if you are a disbeliever right. I maybe watch psychic kids and just see what you think well that's interesting i mean the title does make me laugh instantly oh for sure but it is nice especially if there's like a positive tone to it and it feels like they're not you know doing anything bad to the kids yeah by having for it. sure it's it's really a really cool Ugh. my mom would love that show she loves to tell me about the TV psychics that she watches. Same. Yeah. So maybe watch it, and then we yeah. can both talk to our moms <laughs> yeah. in time for Mother's Day. Similarly, and I will say this because I have, I my wife hates that I'm so cynical about reality TV, but I really am. I have the most unsexy opinions about reality TV. But uh, I let like I was in the room while she was watching Love on the Spectrum, which I gotta admit I did get into a little bit. I had all my same concerns that I have when I watch shows like this, but at least the stories were very sweet. Like genuinely seem like these people were like finding people that made them happy. And like they had these really excited moments. They had some frustrating moments too, but I just, my sister Jody introduced me to the show yesterday. Oh, okay. And we watched it um, for a couple hours and I was like, I was hesitant to watch it also because I didn't want to watch something that was exploiting. Yeah, exactly. Exploiting people on the spectrum, but it was how it's done is really kind of beautiful and sweet. And it's actually giving me a little bit more of like inside um, like I don't, I don't know a lot of people in my life that are on the spectrum, and so it's really beautiful to how this is shot, and you're just rooting for everyone yeah. in this, and it's, I think it's really well done. So love on the spectrum. I never would have thought I would have encouraged people to watch it, but I feel the way you do about it. Yeah, it's like nice. I, I, I always reserve the right to say I wouldn't be surprised if they're being exploited because it's reality TV. But it doesn't seem that way. The only thing that gave me pause was that, you know, you know when you like start watching something and then all of a sudden your ads on Instagram change to be very similar. So I've noticed that like a lot of the folks in the show have Instagram accounts now and some of them are like advertising products. And I was like, are you using these folks to sell products are they getting money? Are they, you know, that kind of thing. I so hope they're it, getting mad yeah, amounts of cash. And I hope it's all helping them. But anyway, yeah, it is it is nice when you see them connect. It's cute. Well, who thought we'd have so much to talk about on an episode about love? I and know. 
anti-Valentine's <laughs> or Black Wednesday, as a lot of our friends will call it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this whole episode of Cinnabuds. I know. Thanks so much for and celebrate your Galentines, your Palentines, your Valentines, whatever you do. Just love yourself. Because if you can't love yourself. You can't love. pay your taxes. Do you know? I don't know how. I don't you know are. how that that Again, ends. a reality show. RuPaul. <laughs> How is anyone else going to love you if you can't love yourself? You know, that sounds better than what I said. I love Kim Shine. Thank you for producing this and making a sound. Mwah. Absolutely. And I love Newski. I love Newski <laughs> for doing our wonderful theme song and that we play every week. And sending out hearts and all the flowers to our sponsor of Cinnabuds Associated Bank. Absolutely. And all of the love that we can muster for the wonderful supporters, the members of Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. We couldn't do this without you. Until next week. Love you. Love you.